Let's roll out the carpet. It is a Tuesday, December the 22nd. We've been circling this one on our calendars uh, since we saw the basketball schedule. Hugs and the boys invading the fog tonight, taking on the Jayhawks, the third-ranked Kansas Jayhawks. Maybe a little overrated Kansas Jayhawks. Um, we kind of will go in to preview the, the game versus Kansas, review the uh, the effort there Friday night and a gritty, um, ugly, that's part of our DNA, type of win versus Iowa State. We're going to get into the Big 12 realm a little bit, who the uh, Jayhawks might be. And, um, you know, I, I think if you're, if you're a Game of Thrones buff, you, you will agree with this pick as the Jayhawks need to pay their debt to the Iron Bank of Adidas and the NCAA for that matter. Uh, we'll also get into some Neil Brown conversation. Um, rumors are flying everywhere, and me and Zach have some takes on uh, our opinions on some of those Neil Brown rumors. Uh, and we'll get into kind of uh, the Mountaineers in Auburn and kind of a nice little analogy, I think, for the folks. You, you might enjoy it. Um, also, we're going to get to play uh, Army and not playing the Vols. Uh, a worthy opponent now at nine and seven, or at nine and seven. Talking about the NFL, a worthy opponent at nine and two in Army, instead of the three and seven Tennessee Volunteers who have backed out due to COVID concerns. And um, you know, the Liberty Bowl, somewhat prestigious game in some respects, is going to get a, a much better opponent for us uh, in the Cadets. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the coffee, Phil style. If it's in the evening, grab the drink. And come on back because we're going to talk all about this Kansas basketball game here tonight here on the porch. Come on there, Zach. Evening, my friend. How you doing, man? Hanging in? Yeah, I'd be doing a little better if the Steelers knew how to play fucking football, but you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh man. Oh man. I uh <sighs> had a feeling had a feeling that might come up. All right, we'll start in three there, buddy. And and you can bring in that same energy with the Steelers. I'll you're um you're probably a little uh discouraged based off what you saw there tonight from uh your ageless wonder at quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. That's a bit of an understatement there, Blaine. I I really don't know what to think about this team right now. I'm a little little discouraged, to say the least. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you've lost two of the last three that you've lost to, to the uh, the football team and the Bungles, um, hmm, I think there's reason to be a little bit more than concerned right now if you're a Steeler fan. Doesn't give you a whole lot of faith going into the postseason. Kind of Wait. the wrong time to hit the – Quick January, everybody. I hate to say it. I'm I'm uh, starting to look the other way. Quick January, so kind of looking that way. But uh, yeah. hey, at least you got we'll Mountaineer basketball happen. though to uh, get you fired back up for. Oh yeah, tomorrow's going to make up for a lot of things. I think I'll I'll be a lot happier tomorrow night. I feel like. Hey, let's let's put it this way: if you had to pick between winning this basketball game versus Kansas or winning that football game, which are you taking? Oh, I got to take the basketball game. Come on now. All day. I, 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 we just had to make sure, you know, just had to be had to be 100% sure there with you. But, uh, hey, I mean, so news today moved up to number six and number seven in the polls. Kansas up to third, following Iowa's uh, kind of throttle. I mean, kind of the, the throttling of Iowa at the hand. So, I mean, Gonzaga – 
kind of took it to Iowa. And uh, I think that's a good sign for us because I'm actually going back now a little bit, Zach, and kind of watching some of this um, first half, especially against Gonzaga, for things that we can maybe do and utilize here against Kansas. Because, I mean, that was one of our better halves of basketball for sure. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, Iowa's one of the best teams in the country. So seeing a team that we hung with in Gonzaga just pretty much control the game against Iowa, that is a good sign for us. That shows that Gonzaga is a team who is one of the top teams in the country. There's no question about that, I feel like, at this point. And on our best day, I think that we're right there, right there with them. So moving forward, hopefully we can – be more so more consistently that team than maybe what we showed against Iowa State on Friday. I mean, well, that's I mean, that's that's for sure. But I mean, let's let's be honest, even though we've only played eight games this year, you're going to have games where you don't have that A plus energy and you don't shoot the ball well. But those games when if you find a way to win it, oh, man, I mean, that's what elevates that team or that two line or maybe even sneaking towards sniffing the one line, those type of victories. And if you're able to kind of grind out those types of wins, those are the wins you got in 2010. That team's not winning these games in 2019 or obviously in 2018. The, the Carter group, they're, they're finding a way to win those games for the most part. You know, sometimes they didn't. But, I mean, I love the fact that you're able to win a game when you don't shoot the ball well, when you don't – necessarily have that a plus energy and you find a way to grind one out at the end you made the winning plays in the end though and i think that's all you can really take away from that basketball game on friday night and that was ultimately one of my biggest takeaways for sure is that it wasn't pretty by any means but they were able to grind it out and it was a grinded out kind of win it wasn't pretty by any means at all the offense wasn't there. The defense was there for the most part, but there were there were definitely some breakdowns that you don't like to see. But at the end of the day, they made the plays they had to make. They made stops. They made free throws down the stretch, which was very nice to see and something that you'll have to have down the stretch if you want to win Absolutely. closer games I mean, against better teams. I think teams. the point being made there, and the free they did what they had to do right. and came out with the W. The, the free throw line, in particular, the free throw line in the second half. Yep. Um And you know what? Also, too, something just to mean, Iowa State played a heck of a game. We have that target on our back being a top 10 team. People are going to come in here and they're going to be ready and give us their best shot. And Iowa State did. They made more shots than us, especially early. And then finally, toward the end, boom, kind of lock in there. And well, I don't think we allowed a field goal for the last one. Almost three minutes and 45 seconds. I don't believe it the game. Yep, after the four-minute, uh, under four-timeout, media timeout. And you know what's funny about that? One field that was only even a two winning points, play, too. The Bolton free um, throws. By Gabe Osaboyan. I mean, trying to slide in there, trying to take that charge. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was barely barely had his foot there on, you know, inside the arc area or on the arc, I guess you want to say, in that situation. They have to go to review to, to, to take a look at it. Um, that was a winning basketball player there at the end. And, I mean, really the only thing we didn't do – 100% perfectly to win that game at the end is maybe Culver missing a couple of those free throws off the intentional, but then you have Emmett go ahead and make his two off the inbound, and you were kind of in good shape then. Um, but, I mean, 
Culver also didn't have a bad game from the line, though, all overall. So I don't want to make it out like, you know, he was struggling terribly from the line. But um, he didn't make those two at the very end. Yeah, a couple things there. So, hell, I think Gabe might have been getting a little greedy. Yeah. What was that? I mean, his fifth charge that he was going you know for at that when point he when he slid in there. At I mean, the end? he's going to be. I mean, Goodness the reality gracious, of it is, man. Gabe Osaboyan is going to be on the floor at the end of basketball games for oh, us. Yeah. I it's love just, it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, how about that and one? Literally on toward, the floor. He is um, on the floor constantly. Kind of toward the, I think, with about a minute and a half to go, maybe. Um, made it a tough possession for Iowa State. Had him, you know, almost knocked it out. And I think we might even got the ball um, off that play. I mean, he he's able to make plays. I mean, and mm-hmm. it's it's impressive. Zach, I, I do want to go back to the early portion of the basketball game, though, because I know you, you mentioned you went back and kind of watched the first half um, extensively earlier on. Uh, what were your thoughts? What didn't work for us so much in the first half? Or did anything – did you really see a difference between first and second half in your opinion? Yeah, well, we got to the line a little more in the second half. First half, we were eight for 15 from the yeah. line, so seven misses right there. And the second half, 17 of 22. I mean, and at one point you were 12 throws, of 14 good bit from the line makes. in the second half. So, so if you love to see that. Were and a little bit later on down the stretch, and like we said, a couple of those Culver misses on the intentional, you take away those, you only miss three, three, three free throws in the second half. I mean, that's pretty good. It's, Yeah, for sure. And I would say that one thing in particular, we really try to ramp things up a little in the second half. You know, slow starts in the first half mm-hmm. typically beget <laughs> nice a little more to, energy a, in the second a, half after a I like nice talking to a halftime. Way there to and put I think that we're <laughs> – Yeah, at the very least a good talking to. But we were running and jumping a little more, getting on the floor after loose balls. You know, Deuce is always bringing intensity, but – he was really getting into Bolton at times, especially the last five minutes or so. He was not letting him have anything easy. And that was the biggest thing I saw was the energy change from half to half. And we weren't shooting any better in the second half from the field, I don't think. But, like I said, got to the line a little more, made the free throws, kind of kept Iowa State from getting quite as many second-chance shots because – they were getting us yeah, a little really were, offensive glass very, in the first half. Yeah, exactly. It was, and it was uh, easy buckets for them. Kind of just – And that's something we can't allow. Different to see. You know, you're kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? Like you said, just more energy. And, and it allowed them to make, you know, and probably get that lead at halftime just based off of those kind of not saying lethargic possessions by us defensively on the, on the glass, but just, you know, not clearing it, not, not doing what we do essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say lethargic either. Maybe not. It's a little bit of a synonym, but a little sluggish at times. Just kind of. Ooh, I like gusto, but not I like going it. after the ball with I as like much it. gusto. Not getting. <laughs> but hell, even at one point, Culver got pulled out. And that was in the second not, half too. Uh, I not mean, running back was, on defense, and he got beat to the basket. You know, one thing I like seeing early, yeah, uh, Zach, was the play out of uh, out, out of Oscar Shebway. He looked a little bit more like Oscar, um, and 
I listened to his uh, interview he did on the Christmas special there for Hug Show, and it seemed like you know he mentioned distractions in the off season, which uh, got me thinking. There, I wonder what happened to old Oscar. Did he uh, did he find him a couple honeys or something like that? You know, it wouldn't have been hard. Um, but I love how he was. He talked about want to, wanted to play with energy, be the kind of he said bring that big O energy and dominate, do what we do, and it was just. Um, I think that is something that the mindset that he might come out with there tomorrow against the Jayhawks. I'd like to see that because if we're, if we're going to steal one in the fog tomorrow, he's going to have to be a big part of that. There's no getting around it. And he started off that Iowa state game a little slow. I was getting nervous thinking, Oh man, Oscar may not have it yet again. But man, after that first uh, first time he came out, went out, came back in, he was good to go. He looked much better the rest of the game. He still missed some ones close in that you wouldn't expect him to miss on a consistent basis. Yeah. But on a couple of them, he got fouled, knocked down the two free throws. But hopefully down the road, he'll finish those a little more strongly. I mean, and he was get pretty the good extra at the point, line too. Get the three yeah, point I mean, he play. He had a little foul trouble but there on Friday. I did night love again, on one entry pass. Seems to be a, yeah. kind of a problem for him. You were saying that we had the one entry pass mm-hmm. therein that he made, or that he kind of. I feel like he was doing a good job sealing off too. Yeah, I was actually going to mention one of those. Gabe hit him from the free throw line. Hit him on a bounce pass. Oscar turned right from it and mm-hmm. went up and dunked it. That's what I want to see from Oscar. He's got to have that aggression and just go up with some anger. I mean, he's he's a nice kid. He he really is. He's not somebody who seems to play with a lot of just meanness about him. But I would like to see more of that from him because he's so strong and if he can if he can learn to more so impose his will, I don't feel like many guys are going to stop him. He's just got to find a way to do that and still stay under control, oh, yeah. which and, I think is still something he's trying getting to back learn into and giving that his energy, own, his own giving that dominant performance like he wanted to give last year in the fog and that he's probably going to want to try and come out with this year. And hopefully that explosiveness returns. I know that's been a big thing we keep harping on with him, but mm-hmm. I want to see that, right? That's still what I want to see. I mean, it's not – but, I mean, a guy who gets 12 points and, and five rebounds in 21 minutes is, is not doing all that bad. Um you know, but I think he doesn't get as many minutes there because Gabe gets a lot more. And, you know, in, in that particular game, and, and, it, and it seemed to work. You know, but you, you mentioned about Oscar being too nice. I thought it was interesting how the broadcast crew was bringing up how Culver, you know, nicest kid off the floor, needs to get a little more mean and nasty in his game. I see it at times, but, like, you know, it's one of those things. Somebody said to me, Culver could be the only guy that can stop Culver. Um, I mean, he had 18 and 12 there. I mean, he was four of eight from the line. Not, yeah. I'm not going to panic on it. Um, but obviously, we would love to see that, you know, kind of bounce back. Um, no. But, I mean, seven of ten from the floor. I mean, he, he was just great, you know. And I think, Zach, the big thing for us on Friday and, and why I was a little disappointed was the 14 turnovers. Um, granted, we forced, you know, we forced 21. But 14, yeah. a little high when you're not shooting the basketball, especially from the three-point line well. I mean, when you only go three of 14 – that hurts too. And like you said, the seven of 15 from the line um, there in the first half horrid granted you make, you know, you essentially went 18 of 20. If you don't count Culver's misses, I mean, that's big. And that's, that's how you win 
And I want to ask you, do you think mm-hmm. we were getting a friendly whistle or do you think it was just the way we were playing the style kind of taking at the bucket, um, getting it down low allowed us to get more calls? Well, I do want to comment on that one set of free throws that Culver missed on the intentional foul at the end. I, yeah, I think yep. McNeil really struggled this game. I don't, I don't think there's much of a debate about it. But one thing that he should not have done right. in that moment is make that pass down to Oscar. I don't know why he would have done that. Yeah. He should have just held it, gotten fouled. He's do you the think he was? Free, he's the surefire free throw shooter, especially between the two of them. So why and, not uh, hold and get fouled? Finish it off and and. And Culver kind of took it back a little bit, thinking, you know, yeah, I've got that, a little bit of time. We've got the lead. I don't want to mess up this, miss a layup, miss a dunk. And Mc, him and McNeil just weren't on the same page there, potentially. Yeah. I mean, but I, I, mean, I, I agree with you as well, though, I on McNeil. That. I mean, I see that. McNeil's got to be have the wherewithal there to know, hey, I'm the 90, you know, close to 90% free throw shooter. I need to be the one taking these free throws. Yeah, and that's something they'll point out on tape. I'm sure he realized in the moment that it wasn't the smartest thing to do, but that's okay to make – that's a good moment to learn from in a winning effort. Like, that's something that's not going to ultimately kill you. But as far as the whistles are concerned, watching the game the first and doing the rewatch, I thought that it was a pretty even whistle all around. I think that it was just a byproduct of the way we play and the way Iowa State – announcers even mentioned it Iowa State trying to be a little more aggressive getting into our stuff on defense but ultimately they just couldn't go without fouling us and we were putting ourselves in positions to get fouled we were getting the, close to the basket yep. to the big guys yep. we were driving to the basket oh yeah we well, got and, in the and bonus you know what else pretty too? quick I mean, um, in both halves I mean, if I, when, if when they're recall. not shooting the basketball well and shooting as many threes as they are obviously that lends itself to not taking you know when you're shooting jacking up 21 threes I thought the pace of this game was pretty slow at times. Mm-hmm. Zach, I don't know about you. Yep. Um, and I feel like that's something that I've heard mentioned by a lot of the guys. They seem to play well when they're all got that energy and all flowing together and all kind of trying to score in transition more. I feel like that was something we really did well against Gonzaga in that first half was scoring in transition. Mm-hmm. Did that against Richmond. And Richmond especially too. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like that's a key tomorrow night and for Rip- us against Kansas. I yep. want to see us get in transition. I don't feel like Iowa State really allowed us to get in transition much um, on Friday night. Yeah, we're an athletic team. We've got athletic guards, guys that can handle the ball, get up and down the floor, and on top of that, big men who can run the floor, rim runners who can really get down the floor in transition. And it makes it tough on opposing teams to try and defend that. So coming into each game – our opponents are going to try and eliminate that facet of our game if they can help it. Uh-huh. But we've got to really impose our will on the glass, turn, get it out, and get down the daggone court. And if we can do that, we're going to be tough to stop because Huggins' teams aren't known for their half-court offense proficiency. Yeah. This team True. has guys who can create their own shots a little better than teams have passed. But at the end of the day, we're going to make a lot of our money if we can – get easy baskets yeah. in the transition game. I mean, I, I think that, you know, and that's hopefully one thing. Hopefully we can do that tomorrow. Kansas is going to probably do a pretty good job of, of limiting that to some extent. But it comes down to, you know, how often can you kind of set your will in a pace? And I think that's, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Zach, have anything else you really want to touch on with this uh, 
with this contest here with Iowa State before we kind of move on to Kansas because I think we're kind of, as we keep looking at it, we're kind of moving forward already in our minds. But are there things we still need to learn from Friday, you know, or things you learned Friday that you think help us moving forward? I was really impressed with Taz Sherman in the second half, not so much the first half. I thought he made a lot of winning plays despite only shooting two of seven. I agree with that. Yeah. I think Taz played very good defense in the second half. That that tip I mean, ball that's that he the had play of the game. I mean, you just made the free throws and then you got the ball back. What, under I mean, a minute to go. I mean, that's what one of the that's what won the basketball game. Yeah, that that's the kind of stuff that Huggins wants to see. That's what gets you on the floor in tight moments like that, and he proved that it wasn't too big for him. And like you said, making shots from the line, six of six from from the stripe, massive. You got to have that, especially from him, because he's obviously one of our best shooters. But he wasn't shooting from the floor like he has been lately. Well, most of the season, for that matter, he's been blazing it. But still, he did what he needed to do out there. He had a few times with the basketball on, uh, on rebounds where he was a little loose, had some turnovers, but... Besides that, primarily in the second half, he was he was doing really well. But ultimately, I'm just really impressed with how they finished that game. They really locked in, stopped Bolton, who had an excellent game. Honestly, at the end when I saw he had 25, which that's 100% nothing to sneeze at, I was shocked that he didn't have over 30. It just seemed like most of the points that they had were coming through him. He had an excellent game. But we – looking forward to Kansas – We've got to be able to stop guys on their team like that. Primarily the guy that comes to mind for KU is Agbaji. He He's a very athletic guard who can shoot from the perimeter and hopefully yeah, Deuce can I mean, bring his A game on defense. You know, we're going to kinda, we're gonna have to put a stop there. One of the things from that Iowa State game with Taz, I love the fact when he missed that shot, right? He knew it, and he was kind of epitome what this program and what Hugs is about. Crashing with his crashing the glass on his own miss, and he knew it from the minute he put the ball up. Boom, gets in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, great play. And, and like I said, didn't didn't shoot the ball well, but still made enough winning plays to win it. I'm, I'm really excited to see him continuing to grow as we move forward in the season, man. But I mean, like you said, moving on to Kansas. I mean, Abaji. I'm a little interested in 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 kind of how Garrett. You know, he hasn't necessarily been great this year. And I feel like, man, is he ready for a breakout game? But, I mean, I think the matchup with him on Emmett, um, you're okay with that, you know? I think we, we can live with, with Emmett Matthews matching up with Garrett. Um, and like you said, I mean, Deuce, Deuce defensively, I feel like he really kind of turned it on there Friday night there at the end of the game and helped us, you know, propel ourselves to that win. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And one thing that Garrett brings to the table at that position is length, but Emmett provides plenty of that. He's been excellent, in my opinion, on the perimeter playing defense this season, and I would expect that to continue. And Garrett's not somebody that you necessarily worry about offensively, but he can get it going if he starts to get loose. Hopefully Emmett can keep him at bay, but it's it's going to be interesting to see what we what we do against them, especially in the post, because – We've talked about this already just personally, but 
No, they don't. The guys that Kansas has down low now, they don't have Doke anymore. You got McCormick and Lightfoot, our bigs, which nothing against them, good players. But I feel like we should have the guys. Yeah, absolutely. We have we have the guys that should impose their will in this game and yeah, make I their mean, mark, <laughs> and that's what very, we're going to have to do to get well a W in there. this one. Very well said, my friend, because it, it in the end, it really comes down to, in my mind, our big men, kind of big boy in their big men. Um, if because I mean, is McCormick, you know, mm-hmm. I felt like he had a pretty good game there against Creighton, but I'm watching Creighton and I'm like, these are not Oscar, Derek, Gabe down low, you know, and so I look at that and I just, mm-hmm. I feel like watching Kansas, you know, a good bit this year. I mean, the game against Texas Tech comes to mind. I'm not necessarily saying that Texas Tech. Uh, we're better than Texas Tech because I think we are right now currently but much better than them because we just have a continuity and they don't have it. I mean, Texas Tech at times really took it to Kansas, had more energy. Mm-hmm. Kansas was very lucky to come away with the W in that game. Um, very, very lucky. And I think with a good shooting yeah. night tomorrow, I think we could, we could really, really um, make a statement to the nation. Well, that's one thing I worry. I wonder about is I don't even know how much we have to rely on a good shooting line. Obviously, it would be great to do that, but I don't feel like this Kansas team is one that is as proficient as shooting. Proficient at, at shooting is the all. ones you typically see year in and year out. Yeah. They have some guys. Broker. They've got Wilson. They've got Igbaji. They've got Brown. But I don't know but, how skilled of a shooting team they really are, and. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, you know, I think we I have think the guys that, that I match up with at, theirs right? and, really and I'm well. I'm trying to kind of, kind of get this grasp on it for this Kansas game. Who is Kansas's dude? Right? They don't have a dude this year. Um, we have a dude. Mm-hmm. We might have two dudes. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, we might have three dudes if if Oscar kind of gets it together. I mean. And Taz mm-hmm. is working his way into being a dude, right? Kansas, right now, I feel like. Abaji might be a dude. Jalen mm-hmm. Wilson may be a dude. I'm not sure they have any other guy. And I guess, Garrett, you could make the argument. But I haven't seen anybody really step up and be the guy for them. You know, you think about how Texas Tech, how they lose, you know, how they beat Texas Tech, how Texas Tech loses that game, really. Because I'm, I'm getting twisted up here because I'm trying to make the point that Texas Tech gift wrapped that game with that de- poor, poor, piss-ass defense on the out-of-bounds play, losing Abaji for about five seconds. If that does, that's not happening to us tomorrow. We're not going to make that mistake that mm-hmm. Tech did in terms of communicating on that type of play. Kansas is lucky right now to still have the record they have. Yeah, I agree. I think that Texas Tech really blew that one. And Kansas did execute that out-of-bounds play in particular very well, but at the same time, that's something you can't allow to happen if you're Texas Tech. You've got to have that communication. You've got to know where, especially Abaji is on a play like that because he's the guy you know they're going to try and plan to get the ball to. He is their scorer. He is their he is their dude if they have one, ultimately. And I'm not saying that Abaji isn't a good player, but he has his inconsistencies, and he's not I mean, a guy he who night in, night out, you can absolutely count on to go for 20. Yeah, he's averaging 15.3. But at the end of the game, you see they want the ball from three. Hand. 47.7 from field goal percentage. So that's, you know, pretty crazy to see that, that, you know, 
Um, I mean, the exact same percentage. Very nice. Um, I don't. I don't know. I just continually when I when I looked and watched them play. I mean, Lightfoot gets big minutes, you know, or not big minutes for him, but uh, you know, it plays a significant role, right? I, it's just I feel like if they try and go ultra small with us tomorrow, I think they pay for it. Um, uh, I mean, and I know that's something that you know Bill Self's been known to do, go to that five wing type of deal. But you can also play McCormick and Lightfoot together. Um, I mean, I think us being able to kind of expose the McCormick-Lightfoot matchups when they're on the floor is in the end where we can really kind of exploit Kansas and and hopefully if we're making shots, really put them on the defensive. Yeah, and I'm wondering, too, how much depth they really have. And if we can get them running, if we can get them moving – and wear them out a little bit. We have actually shortened our bench a little bit as well when we need to. But if we can get a little bit of a lead on them, try and use a little bit of depth. Well, it's, it's funny that I'm sitting here fresh I'm looking at their stats, Kansas, right? They don't have a lot of depth. I mean, they have, um, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten dudes that are averaging seven minutes a game, which – you know, I don't also want to don't want to say that that necessarily means a whole lot because Kansas also has had some big time cupcakes on the schedule so far. I mean, the Omaha the Omahas of the world, mm-hmm. um, North Dakota State's not a very good team this year, and they had an absolute battle with North Dakota State. I mean, they they probably should have lost that game really. Um, but then, you know, but that's that's kind of the same. I mean, every team has games where they don't show up and don't seem to play well. But, I mean, they barely survived Kentucky, a Kentucky team that's has not won a game since that opener against, you know, and Cal kind of yeah. had his little meltdown there saying, guys, you know, it's not their fault. It's mine. It's a schedule. I mean, Kansas survived a lot of games I mean, against not maybe great teams. I mean, they also played a Washburn um, who doesn't have a logo, so you know they're a great squad. Um you know, I mean, so, oh, yeah, man. I mean, everyone's waiting to play them. I mean, McCormick got 17 much points and six boards, so you know they didn't have much of a front line. I'd love taking shots at McCormick, by the way, Zach. I think he's just a – he's just kind of a guy that I feel like is is fake tough. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Um, ever since the fight last year with him and DeSosa, and I just am like, you know what, I, I want to see our guys just take it at McCormick tomorrow. That's I really want to see that. I think they'll be inspired to do that too. And I'm excited to see how much, how much excitement, how much juice they come out with because, you know, they've been not to say overshadowed the past couple of years, but Kansas is big guys. It's, it's have only gotten it's the variety. I mean, that's the premier the reality of the conference. Matter, and mean. yeah, exactly. And yeah. And he's no longer there and it's Culver and Oscar's time to be, the two-headed monster of the conference, and I think they're going to impose their will. I really do. I think that they're going to be ready to go. And this team, at least through our first few games against top-end opponents, I think that when the lights are they bright, are primed, ready to play. especially when, when they have turn on the red lights, opponents to go. Again. Our guys are ready to roll. Yep. When you got that three o'clock exactly. North Texas game and a nine o'clock sleepy ESPNU 
till on a Friday night. Nah, they're maybe not as interested at times. And we got to fix that. Hugs has got to fix that. He knows that. I mean, if you listen to the post-game comments, um, mm-hmm. talking about the, the conduct and the layup line and, you know, just not being prepared and just, you could, you know, he yeah. sense there was some frustration. And I think there was some frustration with on his part too, kind of like should have had these guys a little bit more ready to rock. You know, maybe the coaching staff wasn't fully there. Maybe we were kind of, maybe we were really looking ahead to uh, Kansas already in our minds and didn't give Iowa State the true respect mm-hmm. that they deserved. And maybe that was a nice lesson that we learned in a loss, hugs, or excuse me, in a win. Because you, you hear Hugs always saying, we can learn things while winning. Um, and definitely prefer that. You don't have to lose to learn. And yeah. so I think on Friday night, we didn't have to lose to learn. Yeah, and that's, of course, what you prefer. Like you said, that's what you'd prefer. You'd like to be able to learn those lessons off winning tape. So if they can continue to do that, hopefully – not to do it a whole lot longer because they'll actually learn those lessons, but you'd much rather do that in a winning. They're going to be ready. But it's a big game. Yeah, I, I think that another. Oh yeah, I think another thing that may have had them a little high on their horse, maybe a little too lighthearted yeah. going into that game, is just is too how excellently they thing. played against yep. Richmond. I think that that effort may think, hey, we yep, this is yep. this is going to be no problem. We're going to come in here and skate. It's in our it's in our court. It's not going to be a problem, but mm-hmm. you know how that goes. Any given night in the Big Twelve, yeah. anybody can take an L, and well, thankfully you know, we didn't. I mean, I think part of it is that's they've got to exactly the wake up a little oh, more hell, before down the road. Hey, you're, I mean, it's the coaching in this league is so good that it kind of for the, for mm-hmm. a better lack of term, it just makes everybody a little bit more even. It brings everybody a little bit more to the middle. It, the Big 12 will like it a little bit to the NFL in terms of the parity. I mean, it allows for teams to – like the Steelers to lose to the Bengals. Sorry, I had to get that one in, buddy. Sorry, had had to do it one more time. I know. Sorry, man. But, I mean, it allows for it. It allows for it to happen in the Big 12 over, say, an SEC, over, say, maybe even an ACC. The coaching in this league is so good. And we know Bill Self's a great coach, too. Um, so, I mean, hey, you give Steve Prem a lot of credit for Friday night. He had those guys really ready. And I think – Another point about uh, us and maybe not being fully there. Hey, man, kind of in the top ten, right? We hadn't necessarily been in the top ten yet before that game Friday. We hopped in it because of the, you know, we were 11th there when we played Gonzaga the first time, right, quote, unquote. And then we lose and we stay there. Then we beat Richmond. We move up to eighth. They heard about it all week. Oh, you're top ten, you're top ten. And they and they bought into the hype a little bit, and now they'll be ready here to take on number three and know, hey, we can take them down. I'm more worried about the next game that we would play, our effort maybe against an Oklahoma. Yeah, and that's going to be something we've just got to battle through all season because if we are going to be one of those top teams and we are going to continue to win – and you're going to take your lumps in this league. It's inevitable. It's it's something that playing I mean, playing in the Big Twelve round. Uh, I mean, what double round it, robin? I guess you would say. Yeah. yeah, they're tough teams week in and week out. So you're Dude. you're going to have games where you don't quite have your best stuff, and the guys you're going against are yeah. going to have theirs. 
And you're not going to come out of this league undefeated. It's just not going to happen. But you've got to learn to try not to sleep on any opponent any week. But that's you know just, so these guys the, are kids. The They're teenagers. And might, it's going to happen. might be a thing of the past, though. I've got a feeling that after this performance here, you know, we may not – there might be moments, but I don't think it's going to happen to that level because I think they know now. I mean, Iowa State was supposed to be one of the worst teams in this league, and we had to yeah. scratch, clite, you know, bite, claw, do everything in our power to find a way. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's – I think we're still so in, in certain respects relieved off of Friday that it almost just gives you that, that boost going into tomorrow. I think so too. Winning the game like that, that right, you kind of almost think that you don't deserve to win, but you still manage to find a way to pull out. That gives you some comfort because, like we said at the open, those are games that we've found multiple ways to lose in the past, and it's kind of refreshing to manage to pull one out like this when you didn't have even close to your best stuff. You weren't shooting well. You turned the ball over more than you would like, and Still managed to pull one out, <laughs> even though it wasn't against the topest. Topest, goodness gracious, one of the top you, end. You were thinking top end in and the conference at the same time, man. It's, and I that's can, that's nice to can, see. I, I can, hey man, I feel, I feel. But you know what? Uh, you kind of look at their luck. roster, right? And it's like the combination of guys you're going to see on the floor for them. Um, I mean, I'm interested to see it. I mean, do you want to see them have the more five wing lineup where you've got two freshmen? out there and Wilson and Thompson together. I mean, cause I think I'm, I just, and then, you know, you have the, the leadership there a little bit with Garrett as a senior, a Baji, a junior Braun. I mean, I, you know, Dewan Harris is getting a lot of minutes for him too. I, I just, I find, I find their team to be interesting this year in, in terms of they continue to keep finding ways, but I don't think they're necessarily an elite basketball team. It is. They're they're gelling too. Yeah, and it's still early. I mean, they're they're gonna continue to get better as they as they grow, as they progress through the season, just like just like we are. But by that same token, we talked about who's who do they really have to go to in crunch time. I don't know that they have an abundance of guys that they can do that with. That may change over the course of the season. I'm sure that it will, but right now this Kansas team that we're gonna see on Tuesday I think that it's a team that is yeah. susceptible and oh, one that I, we can beat we do and more than cover. maybe cover on. No, I, oh, I, I I see two and a half out you there. Think? I might be wrong. Five and a half that. right now, right? It, it, it very well. I mean, it very well, very well could have. Did it drop? Okay. Did it? Did it really open? Yeah, five you're right. Half. It's two and a half. It opened to five and a half. Now it's two and a half. You've got yeah, some, I thought that was like a little high myself. So players two and a half, I'd say we definitely cover that. That are throwing some dough, some big time dough on the Mounties tomorrow. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Be, well, and that's yeah. That's a three-point now, I mean, shift. That's quite a bit in a matter of I mean, a few days. But the public's going to get on that tomorrow. The fact that that's done that in a couple of days, well, I do like that. But also, I mean, that, that was a high number anyway. You think it's going to be a tight game, especially the way Kansas has been going this year. Um, yeah. You know, I think that's just – I think that's it for me too. At this point in time with the Jayhawks, they seem to shoot the three well. I think that's going to be a key thing for us tomorrow, getting out on the three-point shooters. I mean, they're shooting about 40% from the line. They make about eight a game. 
We need to limit that for sure. Supposedly, Zach, they're a really good rebounding team. And I don't know why, but I don't feel like when I've watched them play the games I've watched them play, I have that impression of them at all right now. I find that to be very interesting. Um, they typically get about 10 offensive rebounds a game. So, but they do turn it over a lot. I mean, 16 turnovers against Tex a lot. Uh, we could maybe maybe ratchet up that pressure on them a little bit, throw that 12 set at them, and see what happens. Dotson's not walking through that door either tomorrow night, and I think he's been a big part of why they've had our number here the last, you know, two to three years especially. We consistently had issues guarding Dotson and stopping him, and when you have an experienced guy like that executing your offense, bringing the ball up the court against pressure, you're not going to be as successful at turning a team like that over. It's just a nature of playing against an experienced point guard. But like you said, and not to take anything away from Garrett, I don't know how yeah. much of a natural point guard he really is, but it's the guy who they trust I mean, to Would you even say more of a point forward with Garrett his hands right now? And facilitate kind of offense. Offense. It kind but of slows down their I think that normally great transition team. offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as the rebounding is concerned, you see that their leading rebounder is the freshman Wilson, eight rebounds a game, but mm-hmm. he's not really a banger down low. He's a he's a wing guy. And Boxing out, we, right? We've got to – that's one of my keys to this whole game is boxing them out, making sure our bigs are grabbing these rebounds and just snaring them and making sure McCormick doesn't have the impact that – they would probably like to see in in Lawrence because if we can I mean, dominate the glass, we do we're going to be a tough team. We, re- we rebound, we rebound the basketball tomorrow. Got to do my own remix there. Um, if we re- if we rebound the basketball tomorrow, I don't see, I don't see a lot of ways they beat us um, unless they're just absolutely shooting lights out from the perimeter, which is it could very easily could happen. I mean, that's I think that's that how they happen. beat us, right? And, and then obviously win the war on the glass, but I just don't see it happening. And, you know, Zach, I found it interesting. I'm looking at their kind of rebounding leaders for games. Wilson had 15 in a game, had 10 in another against Omaha. Uh, there's 10 against Creighton, 15 against North Dakota State. So he like, you know, Creighton's mm-hmm. bigs are not exactly, you know, on our caliber. I mean, they're, they're kind of stickmen um, and outside more outside guys. North Dakota State, I don't really know the composition of that yep. team, but a lot of boards against a squad like that, um, you know, who, who knows? And then you got McCormick. Garrett had 10 in the Tech game. McCormick had 11. McCormick's had, you know, six. six. He's, I just don't feel like McCormick's a big-time rebounder. I think we can take advantage of him. I see Braum with some good rebounding numbers, though, which is kind of interesting mm-hmm. to me. Um, let him back to, yeah, yeah, let him back-to-back games there against St. Joe's and Kentucky. He's a bigger part. Before Wilson, I think, started gobbling up some more of them there. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, getting the butt in the gut, boxing out tomorrow, huge key. And I think also, too, shot selection for us, taking quality shots. Because if we're taking quality shots and our offense is efficient and then we can kind of defend the way we typically like to defend, and I think against this Kansas team especially, the way we can defend, I think it serves us really well tomorrow. Oh, without a doubt. And you want to look at the one exactly. major Maybe. opponent yeah. that we both yeah. share, the team that came played and we shared, we played Gonzaga. Look at the rebounding disparity. 
Gonzaga snared down 33 rebounds to Kansas' 24, while we had 41 to their 36. Mm-hmm. Now, that's two different nights, same team, not necessarily apples to apples, but that's the best comparison you can get. You can inflate the rebounding numbers on average for Kansas playing lesser competition, while pretty by and large, despite – Obviously, the North Texas team. Yeah, I mean, we've played consistently, really, and even solid competition. And even North Texas, you know, while not being the Uber Elite team, I think they're probably going to be top two or three in the Conference USA and just outside the top 100. They're sitting at 102 in Ken Palm right now. Um, they're not going to be a bad win by the time this thing's all said and done. Mm. Uh, I mean, we've played some elite competition night in and night out. We're going to be battle tested for this thing tomorrow. Um, I just, I keep, I keep going back to, and I keep looking at one stat in particular that I think is going to be crucial for us. Right. And it, we've been getting to the foul line all year. Are we going to get to the foul line tomorrow in the fog? I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest about that. I mean, in the fog. Yeah. I mean, that's we're always o, we're o and eight there all time. We know we don't get the benefit of a whistle. I mean, you remember the, the infamous like forty to two uh, game that we had there with Carter mm. and 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 the, and the boys. Yeah, I mean, the last time we were both in the top tens, the 2016-2017 game, the one we lost in overtime. That was just kind of a tough one to to take. Uh, I mean, it's we don't get calls there. Nobody gets calls there, but. I hope we get the benefit of the doubt tomorrow night without the fans in the without as many fans in the building because they do have they do have a little bit of fans. They're allowing people in. Um, I hope we get the benefit of a whistle. I hope that's not something mm-hmm. that we're going to have to talk about here and sour our Christmas holiday. It won't sour Christmas, but sour the day before Christmas Eve because uh, I'll be stewing about it Wednesday if we don't get a good whistle on Tuesday night. That's always something that will uh, give you sour grapes, especially with them, because you've just seen it so much. But I want to make a comment about fans affecting officiating. You would like to think that they wouldn't have the impact that they would have on presumably top-end professional referees. Now, they're human. I get it. The crowd in that in that building in the fog gets so loud. They get so hyped up big time calls can be made even bigger, more grandiose for these referees in big time situations where the place is just going wild. But if you've noticed these games to get this 2020 season going with little to no fans in the building, these referees seem to me mm-hmm. in the games that I've watched to be very even keel for the most part, been pretty consistent across the board and, a lot of times you'll see a little theatrics in big time games and big time spots with loud crowds. These guys calling charges, Take, and, taking, know, whipping taking around the crow, like taking the crow hop, crazy the baseball empires you see on YouTube. Hey, oh, man, yeah. selling the shit out. Let me of it. let me just go ahead and give crowd. you one. Here, they don't, they don't, we had nobody to put on for you. Know? His name was Andy McPherson, and this guy thought that people came to watch him call the game, Zach. Right. Would do cheerleader ass kicks out in the outfield, stretching. They may have. I mean, he was he was the show, man. Uh, and oh, yeah. I feel like sometimes the Big 12 officials like to go a little ump <laughs> show on us, especially in the fog. So let's 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 let, let, you know, let, let's hope like hell tomorrow and, and, and pray maybe a little more 
that uh we get some some fair officials you know that'd be an early christmas gift to get a nice nice whistle in the fog tomorrow night oh i know none whatsoever I would too. I was hoping you'd have that information. I was wondering if we might get a little bit of uh, Kimball or somebody of that nature. Oh, Higgins, oh, yeah. maybe. A, you know, the, the hey, fan favorite. Teddy you know? Valentine available one line one, please. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try and go take a peek oh, at that Jesus. Zach, while we're uh, while while we're sitting here, man. I I, I would love to know. Um, love to know that. I you know, let's. Oh, they have a pro, they I wish a pro they did. basketball reference for I referees. Wish they, pro I wish reference. they did. would make it a lot easier um, to try and figure this stuff out. But, I mean, it, it, that's going to be – that is going to be key. <laughs> and, and I think we we know that's going to be a factor. You don't want it to be a factor, but you know it will be a factor. And we're going to have to shoot the ball. We're going to have to make some shots, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean McNeil is going to have to have a good game. Emma Matthews is going to have to play pretty well tomorrow night and be that consistent guy that he's been all year. And we're going to have to get Derek Culver to be Derek Culver. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it just, I guess, I guess in, in reality, this game is, is kind of like Gonzaga in a respect where it kind of, you just continue to learn about yourself. Right. And tomorrow could be that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- I think as you continue to go along, you have matchups against these top upper echelon teams. You're going to see more of what kind of team you have yourself. And like we talked about the two games that we've had against ranked opponents, we've played our best basketball, in my opinion, although we lost to Gonzaga, we played one hell of a game and, Hopefully the same but, yeah, let's, holds let's true hope for Kansas tomorrow. Better. And you know what? Win. We you talk about Gonzaga, but um, that's that's a game where we we're we're less than thrilled with the uh, the whistle that we got. So I mean, and let's you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah it, it, it tends to it, 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 it does sometimes. tend to happen. Hey, let's. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm I'm seeing. I'm seeing Hugs' pullover there the other night. A little different. Kind of liked it. The Norma Ray. I, I was I was happy about that. Uh, we'll you, know, that. you obviously think he's going to wear something similar again. But it made me think about the realm, Zach. Okay. And so we're playing the Jayhawks here. You know, we've been kind of breaking down these Big 12 uh, versus Game of Thrones. Kind of the similarities of, of the conference, right? And so, so far, we have Iowa State. We named them the Tullys. Mm-hmm. We think that's because they're kind of boastful about not doing a lot, right? Kind of got riding the coattails of the rest of the league, won a couple of the Big 12 tournaments in Hilton South there, you know, respected in the realm yet kind of our eyes, still roll the eyes in the realm. And if we're, and we're kind of, like we said, we're going to, we're not necessarily including football, but it's kind of an outskirt of it. And it's like Iowa State, you know, they finally make it to a conference championship first time since 1912 and then they, Brock Purdy loses his mind shits the bed uh, a little bit there on at the end of the game. So, oh, man, it was tough to see when you had plus five and a half, tough by the see. way, too. Um, real, yeah, real, real, real tough, real tough there. Um, I still stand by the decision, though. I, I would do it again. Um, but <laughs> so the next team in the realm here, and and so, you know, we're not this, again, this is the Big 12 basketball realm, so we're not going to, 
we're not going to kind of hold their football performance against them. We're playing KU, and I think they're the Lannisters, 100%. They'll do anything to win. They'll cheat. They'll steal. I mean, is it – everybody hates them, right? They always seem to have a lot of money. And most everybody hates them. You know, I mean, I just – the Iron Bank of Adidas. So we we kind of uh, we <laughs> know Bank of we know what we know there. I mean, like the architect of the program, Bill Selfs, kind of got a little, kind of got a little tyrant, uh, Tywin Lannister in him a little bit. You know, kind of sly, but kind of can you know yeah. kind of has a little smirk slot on his face. You know, everything's got to look prim and proper from the outside, but you know it's just a total shitstorm on the inside mm-hmm. there, especially with all this stuff going on. I mean. Just feel like the Lannisters are kind of the uh, yeah. They, they'd have to be. They'd have to be the Kansas Jayhawks in the Big Twelve realm. I'm with it, and if you want to take it even a step further, I would say that <laughs> their football team maybe oh, you know resembles what? Tyrion it. in a way and in less, their stature. The White Hattie's a character. I, I yeah, you know what? They've always had characters <laughs> as football coaches. Mark me and Gino. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, you know what? Nice, very. Oh, I, 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 oh, I love yeah. it. I love it because and, it's miles. <laughs> it's, kinda, it's, it's funny when you think about it because the Lannisters always pay their debts, right? Well, maybe they will finally pay their debts. Maybe the NCAA is uh, finally going to grow a pair and uh, decide to um, take take control of this thing. We'll, 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 I mean, hey, we'll we'll believe it when we see it, right? I mean. It took, but Bring hey, the, the Lancers did get theirs in the end. I mean, they they did. Uh, it took a long time, but they finally did. So maybe maybe finally the uh, you know the castle is crumbling, uh, and maybe they're in the dungeons, and and this is Kansas State here, and we're getting ready to see that see see it come crumbling down on them. Oh. Here, here's something for you: the the castle falls on the on the Lannisters of the basketball program, but Hey, what if, what if Tyrion gets the hand of the I'm King pretty, position, Kansas football team turns it around. We can be maybe all, it'd be all right. Make that uh, comparison at some point in the future. Yeah, How about right, that? Right. It's a long, long way to happen under less miles, baby. I like where we're at in year two with Neil Brown a lot better. Let's put it that way. Let's put it that way. And speaking of Neil Brown, let's, uh, Oh yeah. Let's, 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 yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the done deal. Right. He's already signed the contract. Oh, right. On Auburn. Oh, it's, Hey, he's already got a U-Haul. Yeah, I mean, so Tumor's Corner, uh, interesting little destination there. I mean, I kind of want to compare and contrast this a little bit, Zach. I mean, for Neil and just the programs in general, kind of where do you feel about it? So as far as the reports of Neil going to Auburn, I think that those have pretty much been extinguished at this point, right? (laughs) I I would hope and – and, and uh, va- just kind of uh, to 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 put it mildly, massively, drastically, dramatically overblown. Um, I mean, let's let's be real. I mean, there's there's one. It seems like this is the cycle of West Virginia fan base, right? You have a situation where a reporter, a blog from somewhere decides to say this rumor's happening. This team this team, the university is looking at X, Y, Z coaches. And if you see that somebody is mentioned in an article, it's been ran with like, it's officially this coach is going to interview for the position. Right. I mean, it's just ridiculous. 
and that's where things get out of hand in a fan base. And it's it's so easy to start that fire with such a small match and some of these small time little R reporters. And it it drives me crazy, but it happens in every fan base. I mean, we're not the only ones, but no, I can at least see why the message board or whatever source that's came from in Alabama can at least get that impression because I'm sure that Neil Brown got some got some hub, got some mention. Got some, I mean got some mention when he was at Troy. He came from Troy, oh, he had yeah. success there. So I'm sure that there were some ties there in and, Alabama that he made. Well and you know, Zach, I mean each an A D has a short list of coaches that he would like to look into if he loses a coach or decides to move from the coach that he has. And Neil Brown might be on a short list at Auburn, but it takes two to tango, right? And I've been having this talk, and I, I think it's – I mean, me, I think me and you think a little bit alike on this. And, and hear me out here. Think, see what you think. I think the, the Auburn job at this point in time when he has went through two years of the climb is not the position he wants. Auburn's – you know, has Bo Nix, has a good quarterback, right? But trending-ish down at times, you know, um, and if you can get fired – Two coaches, mind you, in the last 15 years have been fired from Auburn with national championships on their resumes. That's a job that you go to get – you get hired to get fired. It's like the NBA. So – and I feel like Neil is not that type of guy. And I think if Neil has success here in West Virginia for another, you know, five years, he might be able to name a real big boy job if a Brian Kelly were to step down. If a Nick Saban were to step down, one of those types of positions, I unfortunately don't think Neil's last job is going to be here at West Virginia University. Would love for it to be. But I think he knows that, hey, I'm started in this process right now. And why would I blow it up now to go to Auburn? It just, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. No, he's, he's not that type. And he stresses this all the time. It is a climb. And that climb is not for just the guys that are making the climb as players, but for him as well. This is a climb mm-hmm. that he's implementing and growing along with this team as a head coach. This is his first Power 5 job, and he's not just going to jump ship when he's in the middle of a, of a building of a building. Yeah. I mean, situation. His, starting, his starting quarterback has now is about to play, you know, his – what. 13th game yep. um, without even having a an actual game come against him, count against his eligibility. I mean, that's that's saying something right there. 14th game, actually. So season and a half without a bit of eligibility coming off his – That's right. I, I I keep forgetting about the quarter that he let him play against Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, my apologies there. Technically, but, I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, but that's, that's the reality of it. It's like <laughs> – it just to me it doesn't make a lot of sense and then you hear the Tennessee one it makes even less sense like it's just enough with it but it's it's going to be that way for the remainder of time uh as long as this cycle in in the internet and the platforms are the way they are oh yeah you're you're gonna have people clickbaiting and you're gonna have them throw it out because somebody mentioned a name because somebody mentioned a name um as as frustrating as it is because we know the sources to rely upon we know where to get our information from 
and that's not it. But yeah. like you said, it's going to exist. But one thing I think is interesting, and you were talking about Auburn's ability to not keep a coach, I should say, their their lack right. of patience in successful coaches by you know typical stand standards. It seems like they have a bit of a little brother complex with Alabama. They expect oh. to be at that level when I don't a, know if that's realistic, a, and that's going to be the death of them. A little bit of an, a little <laughs> bit of a little smidge. brother complex. Yeah, just you know, just yeah, just just touch, just touch. Um, I mean, hundred percent, a hundred percent. And and then you also mentioned the fact that in that division you still have LSU, Pepper the Gumbo. Oh, that tiger. Oh, that tiger. Um. I mean, they're going nowhere. I mean, Burrow's not walking through that door, but I mean, Coach Coach O down in the Bayou uh, is, is is going to get it done. All right, you can count on the Tigers. Uh, and then and then also, I mean, the Lane Train at Old Miss. I I mean, that offense is humming already. Give him a little bit of time; they're going to figure out that defense. So you want to walk into that division? That's I mean, saying them as well. I, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Uh, you know, I keep forgetting about them because I just – I feel like they're irrelevant – not irrelevant, that's the wrong word. But I just feel like they're out there like on the island of Misfit they're Toys, still right? so new. Like – oh, they are – well, they're so new, but also it's – they really are the island of Misfit Toys to some extent. I mean, because they kind of – they've been playing out there in the West, a division that's not good minus Bama all year, but you got destroyed by Bama. You found a way to somehow beat Florida, who seems to be good, but nobody really seems to believe is all that good, right? I mean, their defense is, is horrendous, obviously. And it's like, so A&M wasn't out there. So nobody, I didn't even think about them. I mean, it's – but you want to add that into the division too? I mean, yeah, come on now. building his I mean, stuff with the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. Just another notable – Oh, yeah, I mean, the Pirate? Yeah, you know, tell me he's not going to – I mean, look what he did against LSU in the opener this year. I mean, then they some people started figuring out, okay, this is what he doesn't have this year. Right. I mean, but you really want to walk into that division with – with what has been built at Auburn, I don't know. I mean, Auburn still want a, a, a premier job, no doubt, and they're going to pay you. But I think I think the West Virginia brand and the logo it carries some weight, and and we're not struggling, struggling. And I think Neil, I think he appreciates this, like you said. And I don't think he wants to bail on this quite yet for just you know the, the next girl that he sees you know walking down the hallway. He's put some time in now here with us, and I think. He's he's learned to love us a little bit. No, it's not to love. We're lovable. Hey, well, exactly. Oh, we're we're lovable. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, one one thing which we we love. Neat. We're, we're the cute we're the cute girl next door that is wife material. She's always if, been if, there. If, yes, and and you know what? If you, if she if, if you let if you let if if she'll let you love you, you know you're gonna be all right. And that's kind of what we are, right? We're prickly. We're a little prickly. <laughs> At times, we we are. Yeah, a little I mean, bit. Sometimes there's no question as a fan base we are. Yeah, but also we we recognize when we have something good too, and I think we recognize that Neil. I mean, hell, we we know what we have in hugs, and we recognize that for the most part. Talk about prickly. He's yeah. A bear. Oh, hey, <laughs> hey, I, I'm hey. He, you know, he gets the prickliest pot pair to bear paw paw. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying to go bear necessities there. I don't know if it <laughs> it quite you're, you're it quite close. it quite. It quite played there. It's been a long time since I watched that, you know. Haven't had to run a Disney uh Disney Friday there in the office there. We used to play Disney songs for the for the women at my work on Fridays. It was a big hit, man. Tell you what. Big hit. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, you, you gotta do what you gotta do, you gotta endear yourself. But I mean, 
like we were saying on that analogy though i mean west virginia is that it's it's right there right and we've we've been right there in a couple sports we're that cute girl that's got a lot of potential oh and coaches see it they know it without a doubt and i by the same token i feel like auburn too as much as we appreciate and love neil brown and I think anybody who follows college football knows that he's a good coach and he's a rising star. Mm-hmm. Maybe not somebody that by Auburn standards would necessarily go after. And that's, that's another thing you got to look at. Not only would Neil not want to go, especially at this point in his career at WVU, he's still got stuff to do, but Auburn maybe considering the fact they got rid of Malzahn, who was what, 68 and 38 if i'm not mistaken somewhere in that range not anything pretty, easy. pretty good pretty, championship. pretty good yeah you Maybe know they're looking for a bit bigger of a fish they'll probably sniff matt campbell i don't know if he'd be willing to ditch for that uh that job considering they're yeah. likely going to be one or two that come open in the next year or so that he'd prefer <clears throat> michigan right I, he feels he feels like more of a michigan guy than he does uh an auburn guy on Campbell, I, you know, uh, speaking on the Auburn job, Auburn is kind of more like that, um, that kind of materialistic girl, you know, who the personality is good, but it's, you're not sure on it. Right. You know, and you're, and she seems to be trying really, really hard and maybe wears a little bit too much makeup, Zach, it's easy you know, to see. the efforts there, but it's like, she's obviously doing too much. Yeah, and it just doesn't feel it just doesn't feel right. Um it doesn't feel like the girl next door, right? The cute girl next door like us. I just I think that's, you know, I think we need to Neil, come on man. We're we're talking here. We're 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 trying to we're trying to uh get on that level with you on this one, man. But I mean, <laughs> you know, embrace us. It, it, yeah, for real. And I think he does. I think he does. Uh, um but it, like you said though in Auburn, man. I mean, it's I, for them, I think Sarkeesian is kind of the guy mm. if I'm them I really want because then I poach him off of Saban. And I, he's – I feel like he's right for a picking in that spot there. Um, Billy Napier at Louisiana is another one, a little bit of a personality. Um, he's done some good work there. I think could be an interesting interesting fit um, and hire. And you know what? He was right there in the same level as Neil at the Sun Belt. And um, – I just think that could be maybe has a little more Auburn connection than uh, Neil does because really other than coaching at Troy, I mean, Neil has those relationships from there and was at Troy a long time. And that might be one of the reasons Auburn's thinking about him too. But, and you know, and, and in reality, maybe that's the kind of guy they think they need to go up against Saban, a young, fresh guy who seems to have that Saban mentality, but maybe doesn't have quite the results. And maybe that's why they're thinking him too. But, I think Sarkeesian would be kind of the home run splash guy if I'm at Alabama, if I'm Auburn's uh, AD trying to steal him from Alabama. I can see that. I, and not only that, but we go back to the little brother uh, discussion. Poach somebody off off Big Bro. Someone oh, yeah. he's heating this offense to some stellar, outrageous numbers. Get him, get him under your roof. Get uh, get a little something going there. They they might go for that. I like that. Hmm. And, you know, Sarkeesian has – I mean, he has been uh, a coach on Power 5 level. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know, the the um, the drink got him in a little trouble there uh, when he was out in Cali for the Trojans. But, I mean, People make he's mistakes. done it, right? Oh, hey, they, they do. They do every day, man. And, 
and and Lord knows I make more than my fair share of them. That's for, <laughs> that's for damn sure, my friend. Hey, but I mean, I feel like he'd be a great fit there, right? And you know, another name that I think kind of has to emerge at some point there. He wasn't South Carolina, but maybe Chadwell. I mean, is that a could could Auburn throw enough cash to get him out of Coastal? I mean, he's pretty pissed off about not even being invited to a Power Five bowl. Got to play Liberty, you know, Saturday after Christmas now oh, with the season they had. I mean, fall, yeah, you know, and 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 after and after watching them play, you know, a bowl game being played on the teal today. I mean, it's like, man, I just I felt bad for Coastal there. Um, that's I could I could see Chadwell saying, you know what, the hell with this, I'm out. Yeah, that's a possibility. We'll uh, we'll yeah. see. It's going to be a nice little marathon of coaching changes, as is every year. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, Zach's. I mean, kind of uh, kind of to, to finish it off there. But I mean, let's let's get these coaching rumors out of the way so that Neil can kind of. Uh, you know, get focused on this bowl opponent now because we're really, really going to have to uh, have a lot of prep here for Army. Yeah, we are. Just real quick, I just saw something come across the bottom, little Big 12 coaching news. Texas Tech snagged Sonny Cumbie from TCU to be their offensive coordinator. How about that? Huh, interesting. I mean, hey, I believe Sonny Cumbie is a former Texas a son of the uh, Red Raider Nation there in Lubbock. He is uh, indeed. Played some quarterback down there, so – you know, uh, Matt Wells is saying, hey, I got to do something here because Texas Tech is falling behind, I think, the rest of the conference, even though they still, some, somehow are able to stumble their way into a tumbleweed-type win against us. So but, every single year, it seems like. Yeah, I'm sure Neil will get his revenge next year. Should have come this year, but I think next year will be the year. But, yeah, as far as the, oh. as far as the bowl game, I think that uh, I'd much rather play Army than Tennessee. I think we can all agree to that. Yeah, I mean, I you get more out of it. Yeah. I mean, Beating a beating a three and seventeen in a bowl game, it's it's. I mean that would have. Well, I mean it still would have been nice to get the win. It'll be more satisfying to beat a team that's accomplished something this year. And the um, and the prep will be a little more exciting. You're going to be a little more juiced to play a team like that. You've really got to bring your A game against. And I think that I think that Brown has proven in his bowls past with Troy that he's uh he's got a little penchant for that extra time extra preparation that he can get for his guys to get ready for a bowl game hopefully he can bring that winning nature in bowl games because it's a little a little bit missed considering the last few years under dana <laughs> a little less than to be desired there from yeah. uh from old dana there in the bowls so i mean I, I remember neil brown getting the upset against buffalo in in his first um bowl game or not his first bowl game but his last bowl game at troy uh, I remember kind of watching that at a family Christmas and thinking, man, you know, I kind of like this Troy team. Like, didn't think they were going to win this game. And then, lo and behold, you know, two weeks later, uh, you know, he's our he's our head football coach. Um, that's – hey, I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, it, it, it's kind of a sign there. Um, and it, it, interesting, though. I mean, so, I mean, how else – I mean, where, where else has he done in the bowls here? Do we have a little breakdown there, the Neil Brown uh, – kind of bowl lineage there have to do a little research on that one that'll be something we'll have to have on the next pod three three and oh three and oh okay um three and oh um i think i'm 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 pretty i'm pretty fast on the trigger here when it when it comes to this one here (laughs) he's he's won the dollar general bowl twice mind you two for Um, a dollar yeah hey with with two 
two Dollar General Bowl wins at Troy and a New Orleans Bowl win. Nice. Um, so hey, you know what? I mean, he's only been to three. He's won them all. So you know he's got some prep. I mean, I think the key for this Army game is just prepping for that offense, right? And and it's not easy. So um, unique. Yeah, but it's a lot of gap control, right? But here's the thing: Have you looked at Army's opponents on the season? I have. I mean, oh, it is a who's who. Uh, I mean, you look at some of the opponents, man. I mean, they played Mercer, Oof. Middle Tennessee, Middle Tennessee State. Tough. I mean, murders, murders, murders row here. But, you know, I'm happy Army's in a bowl. I oh, they deserve it. Because, Nine and two, regardless of your uh, competition, it's better than you deserve it over a three and seven team like Tennessee. No disrespect, but absolutely. give me a break. No, I, no, hundred percent disrespect. You bums at three and seven shouldn't be in a damn bowl game. Neither should, neither should I. South Carolina at two and eight. Oh, good, um, I mean, you've got Kentucky now. Kentucky four and six. I can kind of get behind a little bit more because the weirdness of this year. But Arkansas at three and seven. What are you doing in a bowl? And then Mississippi State. I'm glad we didn't have to play them um, because I mean I could see that would have been a tricky game. You know, but, I mean the who's who of Army opponents. Middle Tennessee State had the worst clock manager I've ever seen in the first half of that game. In Army rolls, Louisiana Monroe, mm. uh, terrible, right? Uh, they, they beat, I believe they beat Abilene Christian, 55-23. I mean, it's a power. Citadel, I mean, you know, they that's, you know, a crazy. Both those, both those teams are in the same offense, 14-9. They beat the Roadrunners of Texas San Antonio. Probably their best win on the season, honestly. Yes. Um, that, or, that or Georgia Southern, yeah. They got hammered by Tulane on the road, 38-12. Remember they threw like a – a pass that ended up getting picked off on the uh, on a special teams play uh, was in bad beats there for Van Pelt. Um, they beat Navy fifteen nothing, but Navy really struggling this year. Hey, and, and you know what else? They did beat Air Force ten seven, so they're coming in high. I mean, they won their last two games against the service academies. Army's already had a great year. Now they're getting to play us. Um, but they, I just, I look at, I look at that number especially Zach, and I'm like, man, some of the, the way the teams they've played. Uh, it's I, I like that for us. I don't think they've seen a team near our level of talent the entire season. And the one that was even comparable, they got beat and ran off the field in two lane. Yeah, it it does give you a little confidence going into it. Maybe not considering the record as tough a team as you would expect. But regardless, like you said, the preparation is going to be detrimental to playing. The- it's going to be intense. It's going to be an intense. 10 days getting ready to play that and our defense is just going to have to learn gap control. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm sure you've got somebody who's faced that offense in the past, but it's not something easy to do. Although I do love the fact that we've got a lot of an older defense to some extent, and they're treating this as a senior day essentially because they didn't get it against Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be fired up. Oh yeah. And one thing that we will definitely miss in that game is Tony Fields. Yeah. You talk mm-hmm. gap control, having a senior experienced guy who's a pro i mean that's that's big but i think that i think that we should be able to handle those guys we'll get more into that in future pods but one thing you got to watch out for army Mm -hmm. the disrespect they got for not even getting a bowl and now they were a second choice to the dance they might uh, come in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder huh Mm -hmm. a huge army size chip on their shoulder uh a cadet size chip on their shoulder i mean that's a that's a really, really good point. That Army didn't even get an, a bowl berth. 
well, I mean, they had the bull berth, right? But then nobody wanted to play him. And um, I don't know if you saw this or not. Portnoy said, you know, whoever has the nuts to play Army, I'll don't or I'll I'll write him a check or I'll pay for the bowl game. And so Neil Brown comes in there and just says, hey, the donation's here, no need. Um, we're 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 playing. I did him. see that. Any any correspondence with our coaching staff and our teams in general with bars I'm all the old about president hugs as a noted yeah, contributor I'm, with those guys and now Neil Brown's getting in the mix I'm I'm all for it hey it, it's it's good for the brand as Pat would say I mean he kind of was initially part of what got us rolling with him too I mean hey we we've got a little cool factor rolling here now I, I dig think. it um with some of the youth man you know and god that that made me feel real old to say that but <laughs> the youths the, the fact the fact is Zach it, it is what it is my my friend it is what it is at this point in time. We're getting up there, I'm, man. I'm, I'm not ancient yet, but I'm starting to feel it. I will say this. You look at this game. I mean, we only allowed 20.4 20. points a game. Army only allowed 14. Mm. Uh, so it could be a kind of a, a real fast football game there at the Liberty Bowl um, on New Year's Eve because it could be running the football a lot between us and Army. Uh, kicks at four. We could be done in – with the game by six thirty, could already you know start making your New Year's Eve plans. The game could be over by then. Yeah, you'll be a be a few drinks down in the bag before the ball drops, huh? <laughs> oh, I'd imagine so. I mean, start a, a Mountie game at four. We we'll, might as well have a few there for that, and then you know just get a little ahead of the game. The evening. I mean, it's 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 okay. I mean, if you're pre-gaming with a bowl game, I feel like that's more than acceptable. Um, Anyhow, I mean, we 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 don't we don't get crazy crazy, but uh, I mean, I'm it's 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 fun. That's that's a really kind of uh, it's a fun matchup for us, man. I like it a lot better than playing a three and seven Mississippi State. Absolutely, because that's a game with with a freshman quarterback and Leach. Things could just could just get squirrely, right? Yeah. And so and that's a game you have you stand to win nothing. That is nothing that does any good for you if you lose that game yep. you get nothing but disrespect which you know end of the season it's not going to matter from the media perspective but for that team it just leaves a sour taste in your mouth but if you go out and you be the team that has some respect by people who know the landscape yeah. that army's a good team good good win against that propels you into the next season which year three with neil brown hopefully will have a complete uninterrupted off season get some chemistry yeah. with these guys, get the young guys moving in the right direction. Hopefully that'll kick us off in the right direction for 2021. Absolutely, Zach, because, I mean, the difference between losing losing a game to a 3-7 and seven SEC team, right, and finishing the season 5-5 five and five, um, and winning a bowl game here against a 9-2 a and two pretty, pretty good um, football team in Army, that's a huge difference. Huge difference between, you know, beating a nine and two squad, finishing six and four, having a Liberty Bowl, which is not—I mean, it's not one of the most prestigious bowls, but it's—it's it's got a level of clout to it. You know, people know the Liberty Bowl. Um, it's better to see the Liberty Bowl go with a nine and two Army than another three and seven SEC squad for sure. So, I love it from that perspective, and I love the fact that if we win it, it really does propel us into twenty one. The climb is really on on the ascent, and you can use that all off season. If you lose it, yeah, five and five, and you just lost to a three and seven SEC team, yikes! Where are we really at mm. here? And and we know we gotta. I mean, we got some work to do 
based off what we put last on our film is like, as Neil likes to say, you know, you're only as good as your own film. Well, our last film was a 42-6 ass whooping at the hands of old Brock Purdy and the clones. So we've got something to put on film here and we need to put it on there uh, and, and, sh- and show something and kind of, you know, kind of get our, get our gusto back as you used earlier. We need to have that on the football side here uh, in Memphis on the 31st. Yeah. Basketball is getting all the attention now. I think Neil inspires guys to try and get, get them a little notoriety in this uh, later in 2020 to finish out. The the bear, the bear's going to get all the attention if they beat Kansas. It isn't going to matter what Neil pulls pulls a week later, brother. It ain't going to matter. And and you know what? It's all good. It's all good. If the bear pulls off the wind, the fog would be all good. Um, Zach, I I do want to get into something real, real quickly here with you. Can I hit you with a nugget Um, real quick? Yeah. Hit me with a nugget because I want to, yeah, hit me with this nugget. Quick yeah. uh, West Virginia Army history. Ooh, okay, okay. We faced off with them three times in the past. The okay. the average score is similar to Army's current record. Would you like to take a guess at what the average score in those past three meetings has been between Army and West Virginia? To their current record? It is similar to their current record, yes. So like our all time seat, our all time score against Army is like nine to two. In that in that vein, yeah, nine <laughs> to four. Okay, okay. Is the average nine score in the past four? three meetings against Army? How about that? Let's help. That okay. kind of takes you back time to when those win. games were probably played. Uh, yeah, when when were they played? Please. I'm not sure about the the years. I'd have to research that and bring it next time. But I'd say those would have to be at the beginning <laughs> of the programs, respectively. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I mean, hey, we've played Navy some, you know, like that's an opponent we've we've locked horns with in football, you know, a few times here and there. Um, and, and the last time I'll hit you with this nugget real quick. Last time Army played a team from the state of West Virginia was wins act. Do you have any idea? Ooh. And I didn't look this up, but so I could be wrong, but I'm pretty damn sure I'm not. I don't off the top. You have to hit me with that. Marshall. Their second game in NCAA FBS Division One level played against Army. That's the infamous Moss play on the screen where he hurdles over the guy from Army and runs like 75 yards for a touchdown. Yep, game two that year for Marshall back in 1997, I want to say, um, after they had just come up to Morgantown and got beat in kind of the, the, kind of, uh, the game where they opened up you know, getting back into Division One football with Pennington and Moss, and they had the lead entering into the fourth quarter. That's the last time a team, a service academy that I can remember, played the Mountaineers in in uh, football, or excuse me, they played a team from the state of West Virginia in football. Obviously, not the Mountaineers because nine to four. But I think actually the same year West Virginia might have played Navy, or the year after that. Actually, I think in '98 the Mountaineers played Navy after we had the start where we lost to Ohio State, the number one team in the country. So I'm hitting you with big nuggets here, Zach. That's just – that was quarantine knowledge, my friend. That kind of went back this year in quarantine and watched some of those old teams from my from my youth, quote-unquote. What better way to spend the time than to just get some flashbacks in there? Yeah, it was. It was. Well, hey, man, let's uh, let's hope that we're watching this one kind of in a, in a flashback uh, from Tuesday night here for – for a long time and one that we really want to kind of uh, remember fondly. I think that's exactly how it's going to go. Got a nice little side bet with my brother-in-law, 20 bucks on the Mountaineers. He's a 
little bit of a hater on the hugs train. So he, he was glad to make that belt with me that uh, Kansas is going to shock, not so much shock us, but get us again in the fog. But I I think that might be easy money for me. What do you say? I'm a, I, I love, I love the $20 you're about to put in your pocket. Mark. I'm all about it. Christmas time. You got to get money coming in. Hey, yeah. I mean, it's all about cash flow, you know? So, <clears throat> and Hey, you know, Hugs is going to have a lot on the line too, because I mean, I'm sure there's a nice bonus. Oh, you hit. Um, oh yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll hopefully, I uh, hope we make some shots there tomorrow night. I think his uh, bonus might be a bit more than my 20 bucks, but Hey, money. Fly. I, I'd agree. It's, it's a hey, money one. Um, money earned. You know, is uh, is money earned, and, and especially money earned from the Mountaineers earning it for you too, Zach. So I mean, I might, I might, uh, I might be trying to win a little, little on that too. You know, sprinkle a little bit on the plus, maybe see. Hopefully, gets back up to three, and then money line at two. Okay. I feel like that'd be a oh, oh yeah, you know, because because anytime you can get West Virginia as a dog, you take that opportunity. That's where we perform our best most times. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Oh, 100%. And that's why I think tomorrow night, I think we're going to get it done, buddy, in the fog. Emmett Matthews said it best, you know, on the Hugs radio show. said, this is a business trip. He feels kind of felt like we've uh, we've been right for the picking. They beat us four straight times, too. And I think these guys are a family, man. And um, I think they they want this one really, really bad. I can't blame them one bit. They've... They've taken a lot of lumps from Kansas in just the few years they've been there. They've they got them in their freshman year. Emmett and Culver and McCabe did in the Coliseum, but they've they've been itching to get one in the fog. I'm sure. Hey, and, and I know Hugs is, is itching to get one in the fog too, and he's gonna get it tomorrow night. And we're gonna put some. You know, you just said the lumps took their lumps. We're gonna throw some uh, lumps of coal in the Jayhawks oh, before the NCA uh, does. Man, oh yeah, oh that's 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 it right there, brother. Well, until next time, guys, um, we're glad you joined us. And uh, let's uh, let's run them Mounties. Let's, you know, let's go Mountaineers. Let's go drink some beers there on, uh, on Tuesday let's night. Let's go. Let's go.